such beauty, such tranquility. More Kaldori settle here every day. After so many years of strife, Belameth offers rest and comfort. This village welcomes all who wish to dwell here. But it shall not be our only home. Hyjal, Valshara, Ashenbeer, these are sacred places to us. We shall protect them forevermore. And one day, when life blossoms again upon its ashen shores, we will return to Teldrassil and build a new Entered the Solo Queue, a monthly podcast about adventuring alone in the world of Warcraft. Thanks for joining me. My name is Dave Gagne. Welcome to the January episode of Solo Queue. It is great to see you again here in 2024. We're in a new year. And we're going to start this episode out in Belameth, in the new Night Elf capital. The big news in Warcraft, of course, is the arrival of patch 10.2.5. This is my first content update from Blizzard as a content creator and... And I have to say, I'm glad that I create a podcast and not something more visual oriented. I'm glad I don't have to stream all of my uh, goings on in the patch and figuring things out uh, for all to see. I have to say that, you know, being on Twitter, where a lot of content creators are and a lot of uh, a lot of Warcraft players seem to be there commenting. Boy, I don't love being there because it can make for some really stilted and awkward conversations or incomplete conversations. It's not a great way to have a conversation, but I'm there because it seems to be the home of the the WoW content creation world. But I had to take a few days away because I really didn't want to see spoilers. I wanted to be able to get into the new material Uh, But I did see, you know, snippets of people's hot take immediate reactions to the content. I assume they had played it in the PTR and were ready to go with their comments as soon as as soon as launch came. And unsurprisingly, given that this is the Internet, a fair amount of those reactions were on the negative side. And that's something I don't want to get drawn into. So today, from here in the new night elf capital city of Belameth, I'm going to look for the positives in the game, and I'm going to find them and explain them. Not because I'm a blind optimist, but because I think there are positives, and I think there are realistic limits to what we can expect from a .5 patch from Blizzard, from an MMORPG in terms of story, and from a development team that I do believe is trying to turn a very large ship 
towards a better future. In the show, we are going to talk about those big activities of 10.2.5, the arrival or return of two capital cities for two different alliance races. We're going to talk a little bit about the Azerothian archives, a bit of a follow-up on Follower Dungeons, which we talked about last month, my adventures in the season of Discovery, which seems like forever ago now, now that the new patch is launched. We're going to talk about the news. I've got a video to uh, suggest to you on gearing up as a solo player and my overall thoughts on 10.2.5, despite what people might be saying out there. Before we dive in, I have a few extra thanks to offer up here at the start of the show because they're important and because I know it's tempting to skip the credits of a podcast and there's a few things I want people to hear. Um, I first want to get a big thanks out to the Thralls Balls podcast for supporting Solo Q on their own show. Uh, after I started connecting with co-host Gershom on Twitter, she has been talking this show up and I am ever so grateful for those shout outs. Thanks to the other two co-hosts, Wooly and Bentolis, for their support as well. It has been good to get to know those guys over on Twitter. You know, as much as you can have conversations on Twitter, as I said. If all of you, the three of you are listening here, you have my utter appreciation uh, helping me to get this little podcast off the ground. That's very nice of all of you. And so, dear listeners, if you would like some crude humor and some questionable jokes with your wow news and discussion of what's going on in the game... They have the podcast for you. As a podcaster, I think if you're going to click the explicit button on your podcast, well, you might as well get your money's worth. And Thralls Balls podcast certainly does. I have been, for the last bunch of weeks now, enjoying their body banter and discussions of Dragonflight, what they're up to in the game. And while on solo queue, we're sipping in-game drinks these guys are actually inventing a mixed drink every week in honor of particular WoW characters. All the dragons, they each got their own drink. I will have to admit there are some interesting concoctions that I'm not sure I would uh, necessarily put into my mouth, but we'll see. After finishing up the dragons, I think they're now working on creating drinks in honor of each playable race. So it's kind of fascinating to hear what, uh, how to reinterpret WoW as a mixed drink. Pretty cool. So give them a listen. Check out their most recent episode. Episode 124 should be coming out any moment now on Spotify, Apple, or whatever your podcast feed is. Or jump onto Twitter and say hello to them at Thralls Balls Pod. Again, very grateful. Thanks, guys. But that is not all the thanks I have to give. This month, I am happy to send out a big thank you to our first two Patreon subscribers. That's right, two people have gone to patreon.com, have found Solo Q and have made a monthly donation. So my big thanks goes out to Andrew and to Righteous Bandy. Both have taken the leap and are supporting the show with actual money. 
I am so grateful for those contributions. That support goes directly back into the show to set up the monthly hosting services that are required to keep a podcast up, make sure that they don't fail. And I mean, hey, that is actually my goal is not failing. So I'm so grateful to them. As SoloQ gets into a rhythm, I plan on establishing some firm Patreon goals and rewards, including some extra episodes. For now, if you make any donation at all at any level, you will have my big thanks, and I'll read your name out into the world here for all to know. So thanks for considering that. And again, big thanks to Andrew and Righteous Bandy. I am honored. You have my gratitude. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. I see you listening. Actually, I don't, but... I have heard this said by others, but I've, I've come to fully appreciate and understand what a leap of faith podcasting is. I sit alone here in my basement talking for an hour and editing for a few more. And then I hope and pretend that you, you, dear listener, will embrace that destiny and actually listen. And you are. I hope you're enjoying the show. I want to hear from you with feedback or suggestions. I do want to make a show that you want to listen to. I can always listen to myself talk about WoW without all the hassle of editing and posting episodes. So let me know you're out there and feel free to send me something and help steer the direction of this nascent show. Solo Q Wow, S O L O Q U E U E W O W on the socials at Gmail, even at the Patreon if you're so inclined. And one more nugget of show news before we get going. It has felt like an eternity since the last recording of Solo Q. A month is a really long time. Uh, my real-life schedule might not love moving to every two weeks, but I have to come up with a way to get more episodes in. So, the news is, I'm going to be recording occasional interview episodes entitled, How Do You Solo? I'm going to be reaching out to players, content creators, wherever I can find, and talk about how they play the game, hear from them. I can't quite announce the first guest or when it will launch. I don't have that locked down yet, but I'm close. But I am hoping to bring in an early supporter of this show. No promises, but there just might be another episode in your podcast feed from me before the February episode, which is scheduled for the 21st. All right. Let's get into some some WoW news. Here we go. You bring news? What news from the mainland? Have you any news? It is time for your January solo queue news update. As I mentioned, this is my first time covering a patch as a podcaster, and... Tuesday night, I really had the feeling that I was, like, going to work, going to my job in a good way. Like, nope. I had to tell my lovely wife that I, I couldn't hang out and watch TV together that night. I Patch was out, and I had to go to work. I had things to check out. And indeed, 10.2.5 dropped on Tuesday. I'm going to cover various individual features during the show, but in case I don't mention it later... Uh, remember that dynamic flying is now available. 
wherever normal flying is offered in the Warcraft universe. So if it's a place that you can fly, you can now use dynamic flying. You can now dragon ride on your dragon riding mounts. And that includes Outland, where the Outland Cup went live this Thursday. Completing the slate of new dragon riding races offers new transmog and achievements, but you have to get there soon. The event ends on February 1st. It's a limited two-week window you've got. One little note on that, too. Remember when you're out in the, the, I would say the big world, but really we're talking about smaller zones, which is kind of the reason that they have adjusted dragon riding down to, I believe it's now 85%. They originally said 80%. I think they upped that number to 85%. But, and they did it on the theory that zones are smaller and you're not going to notice that drop in speed because you're still moving much more rapidly than old world flying. That said, I know everyone's enjoying dragon riding and I do too, but I love now that I can just fly in my druid form in the dragon isles and... Frankly, I I probably do old school flying more than I do dynamic flying, which I find really interesting. But hey, you know, instantly on your mount as a druid is is, uh, is worse things in life. 10.2.6 is on the PTR, as was reported back in December, but it is fully encrypted. So there's been no data mining and still no one knows what that mysterious black pirate flag hanging off the 2024 roadmap actually means. Visually, it sits between winter and spring, so are we looking at a March, possibly late March, launch for this unknown content? We will see. It looks like that may be followed shortly by the War Within Alpha. So sometime early spring, maybe April, uh, as well as season four looks like it's going to be in the spring as well. So it's not going to let up. There's there's stuff coming for those who are inclined to jump into the new season, both for PvP, the new faded version of raids, the new version of faded raids is going to be coming. You know, from it's been voting on tier sets and all that stuff online, and. You know, as someone who's not raiding, I only half paid attention. I know everyone's arguing. Oh, maybe this is not the best way to do that. Okay. On the classic side, the next phase of Seasoned of Discovery arrives February 8th. So if you've got an SOD character or... Or... Uh, you should, uh, you know, if you have work to do, get there. Because the level cap is going to rise to 40 on February 8th. A fresh slate of runes is going to be available waiting to be found. The Nomergon raid is going to be the endgame content for level 40 characters. I know this is some people excited to return to Nomergon. And if you are of the PvP persuasion, Stranglethorn Vale will once again be the most dangerous place to take a casual walk in Azeroth, as that is going to be the big zone for all the PvP activities. And that is the news. Not a lot going on other than what is coming. Not a lot of news on what is coming, so it's relatively quiet other than 
the drop of patch 10.2.5, which we're going to focus on. I'm going to save how my month in WoW went for each of the individual segments. So as we get into things, I'll, I'll talk about my experiences. It's just going to be woven right in this month. And we're going to start with... And we're going to save the main topic for a few minutes. We're going to start this month with a side quest. Okay. Our side quest this month is ties into follower dungeons a little bit and my experiences with season of discovery as i mentioned last month i hadn't planned on doing classic i hadn't planned on jumping into season of discovery and i did and i loved it the person who suggested it to me was right it is a lot of fun and it it really just kind of turns out that i like leveling characters which is essentially what's going on I enjoy that process. I enjoy just immersing myself in zones and characters and, and the experience. I ended up making three Season of Discovery characters and I tried really hard not to make a fourth. I talked myself out of it. And my experience with those three characters kind of led me to a couple of conclusions. I got them up to... A couple of them up to level 11, another one a little bit lower. So I'm not someone pushing that level 25 and, and jumping into Black Fathom Deeps and doing the raid and all that stuff. And there's a reason for that. And it's, it's the first of three conclusions. I have three conclusions. The first one is something I've known a long time. I'm not very good at video games. The number of times I did a corpse run to the Barrow Den in Teldrassil in Season of Discovery I should have frequent flyer miles or something or a punch card with a free coffee at the end because I did lots of dying I have to say I've never been great at video games I've never been an outstanding video game player I've been playing video games for many decades now and you know I'm fine I'm not bad I'm just not good <laughs> i'm not excellent in life i normally don't like doing things that i'm not good at i'm kind of one of those people that if i'm not good at it uh, probably i'm not going to spend a lot of time on it but video games have always felt like something i can do alone I can do in my own physical space i spent many hours as a kid on my atari 2600 and hundreds and hundreds of hours on my Commodore 64, playing microprose simulation games, among other things. Now I find myself still alone, at a desk, playing video games, but there are potentially millions of other players running by and, quote, watching. So I'm not quite as alone as before, but I still, yeah, I still tend to play alone. And part of that reason is, yeah, I don't need to be great. I don't need to be good. Second conclusion, because I don't want to actively compete or passively be judged, yeah, I end up playing alone. In Season of Discovery, I'm trying to be self-reliant by creating more characters. I can help outfit and supply the first character. So I've got, you know, skinning and leatherworking, or making gear for my leather characters, and... Yeah, I don't want to grind 
enough to have the money to buy from others. I just enjoy solving the puzzle of leveling up professions to gear up the two main characters to help them level through the zones and have adventures. And for me, that kind of becomes the game within the game. And, and that's more fun than racing to 25 so I can get into that end game stuff that I don't want to really do anyway. So that's conclusion number two, that I don't want to get into that rat race, even in this massively online game. And the third conclusion is this, and this is interesting to me. It hit me at some point. This attempt at keeping my Season of Discovery crew to a minimum makes me realize that that hardcore self-found mode that is coming, I believe in the spring, to Classic, that all of a sudden is a little interesting to me. All of a sudden, everyone is going to not be hitting the auction house or mailing their alts things. The idea that I can just jump in by myself, one character, and try to be literally self-sufficient, that is an extension of that puzzle. And that seems pretty interesting. And I didn't think I was gonna be too, too excited for hardcore mode. I think I still have a druid who is in Teldrassil awaiting her first quest. She hasn't died yet. But she's not even really alive yet, so it's kind of interesting. But it is how I tend to play. Although hardcore mode, you know, that self-found mode is going to take away the support of the alt characters, but so it's, it's a test of how self-sufficient I can be with one a single, uh, single character. So my interest is peaked, and I started thinking about it, and I think, I think I want to, I think I think I need to do a Torin Druid with skinning and leather, with leather making. I think that's the answer. I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk more maybe in uh, in March as we get closer to self-found mode. Interestiana pint. Choose wisely. Yeah, I think it's time for a drink. We've been at this for a bit. The night elves are not big drinkers. We're here in Bellameth and, you know, things are just getting going. They're setting things up, but there is an inn. If you head over to the Silver Feather, the inn in Bellameth, there's a couple things there. You can grab a, an Azure Lay wine and it's going to refresh you, but it'll still leave you clear-headed enough to, to help get the city set up. So that's, that's what we've done today. We've wandered into the inn, grabbed a quick Azure lay wine to go. Nothing fancy, because we have a lot more work to do. So that's your drink of the month. Head to the Silver Feather, Bellameth, and then, you know, if you can find a suggestion box, maybe leave leave a note to say, uh, you know, keep setting that bar up, keep going. It is time for a new segment on Solo Queue, and let's call it Today I Learned. An occasional segment that maybe something you have known a long time, but I am just learning today. And the thing I learned this month, quite by accident and way too long, is that you can accept all of those pesky weekly quests by going to the adventure guide. Do you use the adventure guide? Do you know what it is? If you're in you're in game hit shift j 
and then you'll see tabs at the bottom of that screen. Shift J will open up the traveler's log, but if you if you grab the second tab after traveler's log, that's going to take you to the adventurer's guide, which I totally forgot was a thing. And lo and behold, you can click through all of the suggested content. If that content has a quest, you can accept it right there. If it has a queue, you can hop into it. So all the raids are listed, all the various PVP options are listed, and all of those weekly quests and special quests. So Super Bloom, aiding the Accord, planting those seeds, helping out in the Emerald Dream, the Azerothian Archives initial quest, all of it right there, anywhere that you are. You don't have to run around the world and remember which quests you grabbed and which ones you forgot. Just open up the guide, shift J. And you should do that so that you aren't running off and doing the super bloom right on Tuesday out of the gate without having first grabbed the quest because you got there and super bloom had already started. So you flew over and got going and before you know it, super bloom's over. And you can't turn in the quest because you didn't accept the quest. And then you are doing a second super bloom. Not that that's ever happened to anybody on this podcast. Nobody, you know, purely uh, looking to help people out. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) It sucks to go and realize you have to run around and pull more weeds for another 25 minutes or whatever it is. That's very frustrating. Go to the adventure guide special quests and this this has to do with this uh this patch the azerothian archives quest like the initial quest is there there are a couple quests uh, have to do with coming here to belameth because it wasn't super obvious and we'll talk about that in a few minutes but that's my today i learned today i experienced and hopefully you don't have to you're welcome It is time for our main topic. And yes, I do want to talk, of course, about Bellameth and the Gilnean reclamation of Gilneas. Talk about those experiences. But I want to shape them into a question. The larger question of what is it that we want from video games? What is it that we want, I guess, from this video game? Because I'm only going to talk about Warcraft and what what expectations are fair? Like, what, what do we want to get out of this? But first, yeah, how did it go? Bellameth. Tuesday night, the patch drops. I jump into the game. I get home from work. I'm excited to, to get going. And as a night elf druid main, as my favorite of my many, many, many characters, my night elf druid was excited to get to a new capital city and all of this that's going on. And as I mentioned, I tried not to dig up spoilers or figure out what to do the moment I get in there or do it all in the PTR so it could all be smooth in the real game. Nope, I wanted to see it all for the first time. So I hop in game and I don't know where to go. I'm in Valdraken. I am okay. I guess I should probably get my eating the Accord quest. 
and just unsure of, of where to go. Like, how do I even get to the Bell of Meth? And I don't want to, I don't want to head to Wowhead right away. I, I would like to try and do this from the game. And the game didn't really provide me a lot of, uh, a lot of breadcrumbs or a lot of direction. Um, as I just mentioned, I did have all of my quests, all of my weekly quests and all the, th I clicked on all the things I could click on in the adventure guide. So, so I thought, okay, I will start in the Emerald Dream. The tree comes out of the Emerald Dream and goes into the world. So it probably starts there. I head down to the, you know, I head up to the portal into the dream. I get there and, you know, just kind of fall right into the, uh, oh, let's plant some seeds. Oh, hey, there'll be, uh, the world boss is up. I should probably do that. And there's a super bloom going on and I should, yeah, just, okay, I, okay, hey, sure. I'll, I don't see anything about this tree, about getting to Bellamath, so sure. I will, I'll do all my weekly stuff. It doesn't take that long anyway, what have you. Well, I did learn one thing. I started out by saying, okay, uh, hey, there's the, uh, the seed planting right there by the super bloom start. And here's where I learned the lesson of not shard hopping while you're trying to do seed planting. Here's how it happened. As I got there, I saw that there was a tree. I saw that there was a seed already growing. So I, you know, contributed and pushed it up to the next level. And I still had like two and a half minutes. And I thought, oh, okay. Uh, why don't I join a world boss group? Then by the time this pops, you know, I'll be ready to go. The group will be ready. It'll be forming. I'll hop into the Aura Star, Aura Star, Ford Aero Star, whatever that world boss is called. <laughs> and I will hop in. It'll be like 30% and I'll just tag it and all will be good. As soon as I join a group, of course, my seed disappears. It changes to another color. And I realize what I've done. Like, oh, uh, shoot. I just lost my... I just lost a seed. I just lost all those emerald dewdrops. And so, okay. Then I, I was like, okay, well, I'm here. Uh, I will put some dewdrops on this one. And I will drop a seed here as well. And then I thought, oh, no. I need to get back to my original seed, so I'll leave this world boss group and I'll get back to that first seed. And yeah, that didn't work either. So I left the group like, oh crap, I'll just get another group. Fine. I did not get to my original seed. I, of course, went to a third shard that had no seed up and running and I lost all my stuff. <laughs> At least I thought so. Luckily, after I planted one seed, I believe this was the third one at this point, it did not let me harvest the seed when it was due because it said, hey, you already have one open. And I ended up able to open the initial seed, the very first one, and then immediately the second one. So I did get back two of the seeds. My only one went to waste. Only... Uh, you know, a hat full of those 
emerald dewdrops got wasted on that. So there you go. I, yeah. Learn that lesson of don't shard hop. Do one thing at a time. Do your seeds. Do your super bloom. Go kill the boss. Don't mix the things. Doesn't take that long anyway, so okay. The weekly routine in Emerald Emerald Dream is is getting a little stale, I have to admit. But didn't take long. I already have 3,000 rep from a token from last week, and the super bloom's going, and I'm done, and get all those things. Now where is that tree? <laughs> Where's the where is the new city? After I was all done. I headed out of the portal to get out of the dream. So I popped back into, I don't know, Azeroth, the real world, whatever you want to call it. And still no real indication of where to go, but I did have a rare scanner popping off. And so I started flying around. And I started on the island that is the Bell Ameth, that is the the tree and the rare scanner of course was showing me locations of various night elf transmogs that is the one thing i seemed to find on the island that i had to do uh there are various transmogs although there's not really a set in the game that you can point to do i have them all i'm not really sure um they're not actually rare because they're just sitting there and people next to me were grabbing them as well it was just a matter of flying around and picking up all of these little appearances, like for your back, for your offhand. Uh, I believe there were some weapons as well. Again, maybe I have them all. Maybe I don't. I think I do. I don't know. I assume the scanner... I flew all over the island, so... I think I probably got them. But it would be nice to see, hey, 8 of 9, 10 of 11, whatever it is. Wandering around seemed to be the way to approach this new zone. Like, I just wandered into it. Uh, I started running into a lot of familiar names. A lot of familiar characters wandering around. I uh, wandered into the Twilight Watchtower. Sort of a semi-unidentified area on the map up in the northwest corner. Found Delarin Summermoon standing watch there. She was very grateful for the forgiveness of Tyrande. Altruist the Sufferer from the Legion uh, Demon Hunter campaign is in that location. Rel Nightwind is in a lodge nearby. You've got people from the Unseen Path. Uh, Thistly Crow, who I, if I recall, was my constant companion in, I believe, BFA, if I have that right. Is there danger? I can handle it! <laughs> there she is. Uh... Hamul Room Totem, Archdruid, the Archdruid of the Cenarian Circle, Lord Falamir, Delus Moonfang, all of these, all of these very familiar people, Druids of the Ash, of the Antler, all sorts of other orders, Priestesses of the Moon, Sentinels of the New Moon, Ancients of Lore, Ancients of War, Ancients of the Talon, that one was really cool. A lot of familiar faces, a lot of new faces, but people starting to show up. And so my question, sort of as I was flying around, is what what is this? I know it's a capital city. That's They put that out as the capital city, but is this going to be a starting zone? Is this going to replace Teldrassil completely? 
as a you know as a night elf specific starting zone i know we have exiles reach as that generic way to start playing the game but is this gonna be it it felt like it it had a lot of trainers it had all of the professions people it had areas that are seemingly unused at this point so i kept meandering you know uh, looking for something to do I, I think i collected all of those weapons and all of those appearances the music is fantastic as you've been hearing this whole episode in the background it is soothing it is very night elfy it is amazing i think uh it lacks the drive and the urgency of that original Night Elf music from Teldrassil, that sort of driving Ashenvale music that's full of energy and action. This is very different. Night Elves have been through a lot in the past few expansions, and the peace and the calm that come with this music seem very appropriate for the story, for where they are, for the task at hand as they're trying to get a new a new world set up and a new city set up. So at the end of my exploration, I'd flown all around and I really didn't know what to do. I didn't have any answers. I don't know if I have all the collection. I didn't see anything to do. And I figured I had to then turn to Wowhead because the game wasn't steering me in the direction that I needed to go. Do I have a quest here? Um, I did not find one. Finally, when I get back to Valdraken, turn in my aiding the accord, get my little bit of rep for doing next to nothing, which is right now the only way I'm getting rep in, you know, all of the, uh, the renowned tracks. I scouted around Valdraken and realized I had not a campaign quest, but just a, a regular yellow quest from Alexstrasza at the top of the Dragony Tower. So fly all the way up there. And Alexstrasza has a quest for me, a place beneath the boughs. And that is two things. One, it does give me the quest to head to the new city it does have the marker right in Bellameth so I know that I need to head back to the zone and while I'm up there I also know that Viranoth is there and of course you know I'm not raiding so I don't know I, I have a hunch that Viranoth did the thing and joined the team and all of that and spoilers is now an aspect because what happens at the end of the raid which I haven't seen I haven't found those uh I haven't gone out of my way to go find the the raid footage yet because, well, I can't do a follower raid yet. But Viranoth is at the top of Eldraken as well and has a quest, Siblings Until the End. The Siblings quest gets you into the into a cutscene, basically, of Eridicron and Viranoth meeting up. Eridicron had wanted to meet with Viranoth. And he's busy talking about titans and harbingers and, and this is the end of the incarnates because Viranoth refuses to join Eridicron in his, in his battle against the titans. And essentially they're breaking up. Like Eridicron's like, fine, you're dead to me. Don't, you know, next time 
Next time I see you, it's going to be bad. And and basically, he's announced as plain as the end of a James Bond movie that he will return in The War Within. There's nothing else to gain from the quest aside from 14 gold, so there you go. Uh, it's a great little video. It certainly seems to act as a trailer for whatever is to come, but it's kind of tucked away. I'm not in the habit of constantly checking in with the big dragons at the top to see if they have any minor yellow quests. I'm not, I, I understand that these aren't campaign quests, but yeah, I feel like when the patch is new, they need to steer you towards those things. They need to get you in the, in the location. I think sometimes they do this very well. Sometimes they have the the little messenger that bugs the crap out of you until you click on them. They follow you around like, hey, 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 do, do you want to go to here? Here's a quest. And other times, nope. I just tuck it away at the top of a tower. Maybe I get there. Maybe I have to search Wowhead first to get there. And I feel like the game should do a better job with that. I feel like sometimes I understand they can't put everything in front of us there's so many things i i appreciate that but man i, I don't want to have to go searching for how do i get to the thing that i know i need to get to because what about the things i don't know about so that's a little bit frustrating i guess a little bit frustrating i should mention that the quest that i eventually got to head to place under the bows to meet with Taronda was super brief you know the quest line is not long it does lead you to a cinematic where Chandris and Taronda are talking and that's the audio that we had to kick off this episode at the beginning and Taronda's talking about the goal of having all of these night elf places these important places available including eventually Teldrassil, when life returns to its ashy edges. So interesting that there's a goal to get back to Teldrassil. And then I stopped the audio from that cutscene at the start of the show, partly because, you know, I want to start the show. But also there's the end of that video. I don't want to spoil for anybody. It's worth seeing. You should go see it, especially if you're interested in the lives of the night elves and the leaders and the story big story beats uh there is a nice ending to that and you should go check it out that's all i'll say all in all i thought the zone was fantastic if a little bit empty which we'll talk about in a minute but that kind of leads me into the next big city Questline story that's going on, and that, of course, is the reclamation of Gilneas. And so let's make our way over to that second renewed seed right now. For the reclamation of Gilneas, of course, I switched from my Night Elf Druid to my Worgen Druid, who was very excited to come back to her old home. And similar to the Bellameth questline, where was the breadcrumb quest? 
I did find it in the adventure guide. I think I did see it on one character later on in Valdraken, but again, it was one of many yellow exclamation points on the map. So I guess it just really highlights the importance of the adventure guide. Although I do want to see these things in game. I want to be approached by somebody in game to say, hey, Morgan, you need to report to Stormwind Harbor to see King Greymane, which is what the quest does say. I just want them to track me down. After all, I'm the most important adventurer in the world, aren't I? That's what they keep telling me. I don't think they could come to me. Come on. The quest line, I'll, I'll describe it briefly. I won't really spoil things. Again, there are some nice, nice moments in a, another couple cutscenes and some, some plot points that are welcomed. In essence, this is, a, you know, I heard the criticisms of, oh, uh, they kind of phoned in this Gilneas thing. It's really thin. It's really boring. And I don't know. Let me just give you the facts and then, then I'll tell you what I think. How's that? So you travel with King and Queen Greymane to Gilneas. And essentially, there's a plan. They have a plan to drive out the Scarlet Crusade, which is been hanging out in Gilneas, un unwelcome, unbidden. Lord knows for how long. Apparently we've been gone from Gilneas for 13 years, I believe. 13, like, our years in the real world. The gist of it is this. You kill a bunch of Scarlet Crusaders, you blow some stuff up with bombs, you kill a boss, and the battle's over. As far as the quality of the quest writing, yeah, it's pretty thin. Kill a bunch of dudes, blow some stuff up, kill a boss. There's not a lot there. And then it does get into the, the story. A little bit of, of story delivery at the end of this with Tess Greymane, of course, Gen and Mia's daughter. And there's some nice moments in all of that. And so you'll want to check that out. Frankly, I think the most interesting quest of all is probably the last quest. I believe it's the last quest in the chain after some of these story beats are, are, are shown to you. In the end, well, my worgen got a new set of fancy clothes, which, you know, kind of look a lot like the last set of fancy clothes. Uh, I get a cool fox mount. Thank goodness, because I was not going to buy the fox mount on the store or the trader's tender's mount. I thought, uh, I don't know. Do I need a fox that bad for 850 tenders? Or I could just go to Gilnes, kill a few guys, blow some stuff up, kill a boss, and now I've got a fox mount. And the best, I think, maybe, potentially the best, you get a hearthstone to Gilnes. So a separate little toy, essentially, that is a hearthstone to Gilnes, and my worgen druid was pretty excited about that. That said, you've got a Hearthstone to Gilneas. And what is in Gilneas? Well, after you're done all the questing and after, you know, the takeover happens, you have a pretty empty city. And flying around it, you know, I, I was just flying around it again a few minutes ago. I, frankly, I was looking for the name of the square in the city I wanted to say we're headed back to this square, which is, you know, 
where we are as I'm speaking right now. But it doesn't really have a name. The whole thing is just named Gilneas City. The city has so much potential. I forgot just how great that circular design is. There's different quarters. There's a lot of empty spots. There's a lot of vacant slots. There's people in there, you know. <laughs> Someone said, oh great, we did this whole thing so that Gilneas could have a repair vendor. Um, yeah, it's a little thin. But here's where I get to my conclusions. I did two nights of, of play, and I visited two relatively empty racial capitals. One is brand new. One is reclaimed, obviously. Um, that one even more empty. I think it's interesting the last few, I guess, months as the 2.5 PTR was out there. Blizzard kept announcing that more people were showing up, more more night elves were returning to the city or I guess coming to the city for the first time. And it was slowly filling up. And we saw that when when you're in Bellameth, you're like, okay, yeah, this this, you know, the trainers are here, the stuff's here. There's an inn, there's all the things I need, there's a mailbox, there's a lot of NPCs, but there's not a lot. And as I said, it seems like there's room for early questing areas maybe, or just other things to come in time, even more so with Gilneas. And I think I've heard a lot of those criticisms from some in, in the WoW content creator universe that these quest lines are too little. There was nothing here. It's a waste of time. There's not a lot. What, you know, what's Blizzard doing? They're phoning it in. And I almost want to agree with that. I almost want to agree with it. But I'm not going to. Because I do agree in the vein that, yes, I would like there to be more there. I do agree that the questing in Gilneas is a little, a little thin and not super interesting. I mean, if this is the, hey, here's your solo content for this patch. Uh, okay, it was, it was a little quick. It wasn't long. But I'm not going to agree with the criticism for a few reasons. And the first one is, this is a 0.5 patch. The big, you know, the 2.0s, the 1.0s, those are the big patches. Those are the big drops, often with a raid, often with other stuff. 0.5 patches are supposed to be a bit smaller. They always have been. Some of them have been really small, but, you know, I think this is a, a well-sized 0.5 patch. And maybe it's because of the breadth, not the depth. These two cities arrive, they arrive kind of half, half filled. I'm not going to say half formed because I think they're fully formed, but they are a bit empty. But they also arrive with the Follower Dungeons feature and the Azerothian Archives system. And there's a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things coming. So I think there's breadth, maybe not depth. And I think that's A, appropriate for a 0.5 patch, but I think it's also more in some ways than we might get from other. And, and it is another content update in an expansion where we've had a pretty steady stream of content. I also think the criticism misses the point or the potential point of both of these zones, Bellameth and, and Gilneas. They have both been billed as racial capitals. And the capital cities are 
yes, relatively unused in the game, in the modern game, but they are fully functioning. They do serve as touchstones often in various quest lines, depending on what the action is. And I think now that we're away from, now that we're away from Shadowlands, back on Azeroth, I think there's going to be, you know, there's the potential to come back to those, those racial capitals. And here's something, and I literally realized this while coming up with my thoughts for for this episode they've planted two seeds of renewal these are the seeds of renewal they are renewing these races in hopes for a longer term payoff the seeds are just that they are seeds they are not supposed to be fully fledged despite how fast that damn tree grew holy cow it is massive but despite that, they are here for a longer-term payoff. And if Blizzard never touches these cities again, and therefore we players are never called back to these two zones to do any meaningful work, then yes, I am all on board with this, that this was weak and lackluster, and that's, that's just poor. On the other hand, if on Tuesday, when servers came up, Bellameth was just filled to the brim with citizens and quests and vendors and everything. Is that really realistic? No, because this is the start. This is the, the opening. If you stopped for a moment at the entrance to the tree, to the island, whatever you want to call it, if you stopped at that gate, you would see occasionally there would be these groups of night elf new arrivals walking in through the gates six, seven, ten at a time, and then if you wait long enough, you'd, of course, see that repeated, and that's a reminder that this is new. It's just starting out. The leaders are there, but the people, the average citizens, the night elf citizens, and whoever else is going to join them are just getting there. They're just making their journey. They're leaving Stormwind or wherever they've had refuge, and not everybody has hearthstones that get them around the world, and 10 seconds. Similarly, if moments after you finish the quest line for Gilneas and you ride your new fox mount into town and it looked like Stormwind or Orgrimmar 20 minutes after you've recaptured it, would that be realistic? Not at all. Like you just drove out the enemy and had your celebration and okay, it's now a couple hours later. It shouldn't be stock full of people. So both of these cities have to be empty right now. They have to be under capacity. They have to be just starting out or restarting. Even more so in Gilneas's case. I mean, it just got taken over. I have faith that this is part of a larger path moving forward. And it is a realistic step in this story to take this in stages, to not just change your instance and all of a sudden you're in a bustling metropolitan you know a bustling metropolitan area of Azeroth feels like a recommitment by Blizzard to the world of Azeroth coming back bringing these old races these two seeds of renewal for these races and hopefully some renewal for the player base as well 
that is the optimist in me. We've planted some seeds. We've got some story that are going to have longer tails. We know that there's a commitment to put out three expansions in a row on a on a path. And I got to think that both of these racial cities are part of that plan. Okay, that's our main topic for today. I have faith. I have faith. I think it's going to work out, and I'm, I'm excited. I really would love to see Gilneas as full as Stormwind as far as NPCs. I have no idea who's going to use it as their base. Maybe if Blizzard could find a way to push quests to various locations and allow a Worgen Druid to hang out in Gilneas while the Night Elf Druid gets to hang out in Belameth, then they kind of have bases of operation where they can operate in the same way. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to that point. Maybe we'll get back to something like that. But for now, I'm going to put my trust in in the team and, and see what comes. Remember, we're not that far away from a war within Alpha. Mere weeks at this point. Maybe, maybe two months three months, April. So cross fingers, hope, hope. Here we go. Two more things I want to hit real quick. And it, like, I want to kind of speed round these two before we, we take it in for home in this January episode of Solo Q. The first one real quick is the Azerothian archives. And as much as I have been very optimistic and you know, maybe forgiving and maybe what have you in the last segment. I'm a little less so with the Azerothian archives. Um, as I was trying to not see Twitter and not, you know, get spoilers and things like that. Man, right off the bat, people were saying, oh, Azerothian archives, they're all bugged. They're not working. Stuff's not working. This is crazy. And I tried to ignore it. You know, whatever. I will see it. If it's bugged, maybe it'll be fixed by the time I get there. I finally got there today, Sunday morning, as I'm recording. And I was a little underwhelmed, I'm not going to lie. I did not get far. I did about 15 of the quests. I saw on Wowhead that the quest line is a total of 36 quests before you kind of get through it all. I'll come back to it. But it was not super smooth. Again, there was a lot of things where I'm not sure what you want me to do. Uh, I guess... I hate it when they put stuff in your bag. Like, here's a quest, and it's in your bag somewhere. You should use that item, but it doesn't have the little item thing in the quest list, like like a many of the quests do. If I have to use an item for a quest, a lot of times that icon is there. So why isn't it always there? So I had to use the totem to do the thing to the earth, to what have you, and I searched forever. I thought, oh, I already have a totem. I already put it on my action bar. I'll use that. Nope, different totem, of course. You know, the one I had was fire. This one was water. Okay. So by the time I found that, like, oh, it's in my bag. Okay, I got it. I got it. But, ah... My first, my first uh, impressions are not great. It feels similar to the Niffin Seeking in Zerolite Caverns. It's got a separate set of action bar buttons where you know you get different functions. It kind of gives you that different row. But it 
really kind of feels like you're just pushing buttons instead of doing an activity. For all the simplicity of old school archaeology, I looked through the spyglass, I went to distance, I found the thing, I dug, and I pulled it up. And this is a little bit just wonky, like, I have to set the book on fire, but not too much on fire. I have to use some water to balance it out. Oh no, there's too much water. I need some more fire to dry off the water. It was weird. It really felt just like game mechanics. Like, oh, yep, I got to push this button. Then I push that button. Then I push that button. Then I'm done. And that's, there was no immersion. It was hard to lose myself in these little quests. After a couple times, like, I got the gist, like, okay, yep, elements, balancing, sure. But it felt just a little, I don't know. It was not super playable, I guess. And, you know, luckily, uh, one answer might be for the defenders of this, that, hey, there's no player power in here. There's nothing you have to do. It's all appearances. It's solo questing. Um... You know, because of that, I want it to be good because this, these are the sorts of things I'm going to spend my time on. So I guess I'm a little let down that this is not more playable out of the box, out of the gate. I'll come back to it. Hopefully it'll, you know, I'll get used to it. Um, I, I guess I was getting kind of used to the balancing the elements thing. And then the other one is like, I don't even, yeah, I don't know weird technology where you see things and that one was a little hard to figure out too yeah this is not this is a little bit of a miss and i hate to say it uh, i was really looking forward to this and hopefully by the time i get used to it it'll get better all right if i go on much longer it won't be a quick hit so last one uh follower dungeons i did cover follower dungeons on the ptr in december uh i don't have a lot to add it i did hop in uh, i did the Halls of Infusion because I had no less than three quests that involved the Halls of Infusion uh, if for no other reason to get my quest log down a little bit I do want to mention off the top Blizzard announced they were going to offer follower dungeons with a limit of 10 per day and that drew some attention um, the reason it sounded you know the couple things I heard and that made sense. Uh, one possible reason was to prevent mass botting. That if you've just got an account that's going to run dungeons all day long as a bot, uh, this could cut down on that and make that less profitable. Additionally, some people said this would keep servers from getting overloaded because now you have all these individual instances being run. And I think it's wise. I mean... The number of people who want to do more than 10 dungeons in a day, I would think is a relatively small number relative to the entire player base. Not a lot of the player base are going to be running follower dungeons, which are normal dungeons with normal loot, with not a lot of XP, there's not a lot going on there. You have no reason to stop doing mythic plus 15s and go check out follower dungeons it's just not not a thing it is it is a godsend to 
players like me. And I've seen in the places on Facebook and Reddit that I kind of roam around in. People are stoked. People who do not do dungeons for various reasons. People who want to come back and learn a different role, practice some healing, try out some tanking. They can do so with no drama. And I have seen a lot of people digging it for those reasons. I hopped in. I didn't, again, didn't do any research. I just wanted to see what the Halls of Infusion looked like, see what my... 444 eye level and a basic awareness of the game would get me and it went smoothly uh, we rolled right through the dungeon there was never any harm no one died I didn't die this time unlike my PTR experience uh, and it was it was a trip it was a little bit different I started noticing some things that I don't have to do in the outdoor world I actually for the first time, I'm pretty sure I soothed something. The druid ability to soothe, I, I don't think I've ever used it. And there was a point with one of the bosses that I guess he was getting angry and he grew like two sizes bigger, like the Grinch's heart. And I thought, I think I have a button for this. And I pushed it and he got smaller. And I was very proud. <laughs> and that's the sort of discovery and exploration that I'm super excited about. I had the, you know, I had the freedom and the time and the no one watching over my shoulder. And that's fantastic. And just like that, no drama, no deaths. My first official Dragonflight dungeon was done. Three quests completed. I was able to make progress in those renowned tracks and get those things moving again. I did, by accident, while I was turning in the dungeon quest. That's right. This is how I got to the quest from Alexstrasza is after I did the follower dungeon, I turned in one of those three follower quests and noticed, oh, Alexstrasza has a uh, has an exclamation point. I should go check that out. So, yeah, in checking that, I got me a whole 14 gold and I was named the champion of the dragon flights in front of everyone assembled. And that's where the quest to go meet Tyrande and Chandra's come from. Yeah, getting back to that point, I wish I wish uh, Blizzard could do a little bit better job of getting me to those quests. Because what if they didn't give out follower dungeons? I would have never been I would have never been turning in a dungeon quest and I uh, would have never gotten there. I don't know. The effective follower dungeon is good because now I can continue in the quest line of tier, which I feel like everybody else did like nine, ten months ago or something. Getting back to these quests so late makes a really disjointed makes for really disjointed gameplay. I, you know, this story tied up a long time ago and I'm just getting to it and it doesn't fit with the rest of the stuff and the big bosses are dead already and what's going on. So I think starting a new expansion with follower dungeons in place is going to be great for the story because I'm going to be able to stay with the War Within story when it hits the dungeons. And I will say this for a second time, second month, 
and I will say it every episode until it happens. Lizard, you need to give me follower raids. You need to be able to do that story as well so that I can eat up all the content and eat up all the story and get what I paid for. All right, we are really close to getting out of here. A couple things I want to mention. Every now and then I want to do a, a roundup of solo friendly groups or activities or places. And I do want to throw a thing out to you now about Dungeon Dojo. I have not had a chance to do a lot of research for Dungeon Dojo. I've just been busy. This is a group that looks to make end game content more accessible to people in a friendly way. I believe they gather and, and run raids and run dungeons in a non-confrontational, non-critical way. So if you are somebody who, who is interested in grouping up, but you want a safe place to do it, check out Dungeon Dojo. It is Dungeon Dojo Wow on Twitter. Essentially, that'll get you to the Discord. You, you want to find yourself in their Discord, and that's their group where they organize their activities. That can be a great resource for you if you're looking for a group to run with people of like mind and a lot of times who are experienced and can help get you to that next level. They can teach you the soothe button and what that does. Last resource I'll mention this month is I came across a video on YouTube from the Signs of Kalani account. I have occasionally caught their videos here, there, and everywhere. Good content, good videos. This one was interesting. It was how to gear up iLevel 476 all by yourself. No group content needed. No group content needed is a phrase that will get my attention every time. The video is pretty good. It was, if I remember right, about 17 minutes long. I'd say the first half of it made some sense to me. There was some good advice in there to get you to that 447 eye level area. It's kind of the area that I am for most of my stuff right now, so that made that made some sense. I will caution you, I thought it got a little bit crazy and confusing after that. After it starts to get into the crafted gear that you need and all of the upgrade and quests and all of that craziness, the, the upgrade system is a lot and it is confusing, I think, if you're not just living in that system. For us outsiders who are not getting crests from dungeons and raids and all that stuff. I, th I think it's kind of a lot. So the video for me got a little confusing at that point. So if you're like, wow, I don't really need 476, but I would like to get to 450 or so, uh, check this video out. Just search signs of Kalani, K-E-L-A-N-I on YouTube. It's a great channel. Check out his videos. I think you'll find some interesting stuff. This one is... It's a number of weeks old, but the activities still stand. Getting out to time rifts and getting out to the dream surges in the dragonflight zones. Of course, getting to the Emerald Dream and getting to all of those activities. That, that stuff is all still good. So that's the first suggestion. And if you want to dive into those 
crafted gear or if you're someone who has has the coin to hit the auction house and, and buy that crafted gear or if you participate in that system then this video will maybe make more sense to you than than it was making to me like our time in the queue is up for this month i need to get back into azeroth and give those archives a second chance and i have so many dungeons to run and enraged beasts to soothe with my new skill i'm so excited all the music you hear in this episode is the work of the amazing people at blizzard hashtag don't play while muted come on music taking us out and in the intro is by my real friends in the doom metal band Ogre. Big news, Ogre makes their return to the Washington DC, Virginia, Maryland metropolitan area. March 23rd, 2024, they will be playing at the depot in Baltimore. Check them out if you were in the area don't miss it i this might be the first show in years that i miss i'm not sure i'm going to get down northern new england to uh to baltimore but cross fingers i want to thank everyone who made this episode possible my lovely wife very patient and supportive the good folks at podbean who host solo Q. if you want to support the show even in a small way you can find the show on patreon at solo Q. wow Thank you so much again to our first two patrons, Andrew and Righteous Bandy. You guys are the best. The rewards for the Patreon are still getting figured out, but the support is truly helping Solo Q get off the ground. Subscribe to the podcast at your podcast feed of choice. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, anything. There's even YouTube. It's all over the place. It's amazing. As a favor to you, do click subscribe. As a monthly show, it will be that surprise addition to your regular podcast feed. And if you can leave a five-star review with Apple or Spotify, that will help the show grow. Those numbers mean stuff. So that would be fantastic. If you're feeling really randy, go ahead and leave a review. And as I find those reviews, I will share them here on the show. You can contact me at soloqwow, S-O-L-O-Q-U-E-U-E-W-O-W, at gmail.com with questions, feedback, stories of your own solo wow experiences. I'm going to try and feature those stories and tips whenever I can, so let me know. I want to share your stuff with everybody else. You can find me, same thing, soloqwow, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads. Blue sky. Cross those fingers for the very first How Do You Solo interview episode coming soon. Maybe before the next episode. We'll see. Good luck with your own dungeon running and your adventures. And tell me if you agree with me on the hope for the two Alliance capital cities. Am I wrong? Or, if you're wondering what the Horde gets out of this deal other than awkward Morgan and Night Elf transmog. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about it in February. The next time we hop into... So low key. I'll see you out there.